This is the Secret Library Podcast. I'm Caroline Donahue. As a lifelong book lover, I've been hanging out with books as long as I can remember. Here on the show, we're going inside the world of books and learning what's involved in going from brilliant idea to finished manuscript and what it takes to get it out in the world. You'll hear from authors, publishers, editors, and all kinds of professionals whose work brings you what you read every day. The Secret Library Podcast is sponsored by Muse Monthly, a subscription box for literature and tea lovers. Get a brand new novel custom paired with a full box or tin of tea on your doorstep every month. Visit musemonthly.com and use the code SECRET00, all one word in all caps, for 10% off your subscription. Welcome to the Secret Library Podcast, and today my guest is Leanna Weller-Smith. She is the Executive Creative Director and owner at Weller-Smith Design, LLC. She's an expert in print, branding, and web, and works with individuals, small business owners, and nonprofits to bring their vision to life. She has an extensive background in book design. She's been in the publishing industry for over 16 years. She has experience designing for large format books, such as cookbooks, interior design, and coffee table books, as well as smaller formats, such as paperback trade, and gift books, calendars, and specialty items. She's worked for a ton of different clients, including Abrams, Artisan Books, Audubon, Countryman Books, Food and Wine Magazine, Globe, is it Globe Peacot? Globe Globe Peacot, yes. Peacot, okay, I was like... Peacot. (laughs) <laughs> um, Hachette Book Group, Skyhorse Publishing, Stuart Taborian Chang, Travel and Leisure Magazine, and Workman Publishing, among others. So welcome, Liana. I'm so excited that you're here with us. Hi, Caroline. I'm excited to be here, too. So I wanted to bring you on because one of the things that we have not yet talked about on the show, we've talked about interior book design, but we have not talked about exterior book design. And... Of course, we have to bring up the line, do you judge a book by its cover? And I think everybody listening probably has bought a book because the cover was so good. Most definitely. I do think, you know, the cover, it really is um, the gateway into somebody picking up the book. So um, if it's not compelling or um, if it just seems like very ordinary against the rest that are out there, it might not um, be the first to go. Um, unless other people are promoting it really well. So the cover definitely does a lot. It almost feels like, as you were talking, it made me think that the cover is like the first date of the book relationship. It really is. I mean, when you look at the cover, um, if there's nothing it's sparked, you know, if there isn't that first, like, love at first sight or even just, you know, curiosity to get you to pick that up, um, it really could fall by the wayside. And everybody has different sort of types that they like as well. So it really is trying to find um, sort of your match. Absolutely. So since you've worked both in, in such a wide variety of media, I'm really interested in the role the cover plays. Obviously, it's a really strong role in a coffee table or a cookbook as well as in a, in a physical book. But I'm also curious about the way that the cover plays a role in, say, an ebook or a digitally published book. Sure. So I think when it's online, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, think, I think it doesn't have as much clout as it does when it's in 
person. Like when you're at the bookstore and you're kind of shopping through and you're touching them and some of them have, you know, foils and they have all this like fancy stuff or they have like a nice binding, you know, that's a different, like a tactile experience. Um, online, I think it's a lot harder and because um, people really aren't buying for the cover, if you think about it. They're really buying for what the book is about. So um, I do think that there's um, sort of different um, criteria for both. You know, for um, online books, people might not necessarily just be searching by cover. It might be more like by title or content or things like that. So I think there's a little more leeway there. Yeah, it feels like online it might be the cover is like the second date because you're searching for the topic, but then I've had the experience where I've searched for a book and then there's a bunch of ebooks and I will then say, Well that cover looks Which one do I like? better to yeah. me. <laughs> Which one resonates the most? Which is ridiculous yeah. because I'm not even gonna look at it because it's gonna be in an e reader. But I'm like, I don't know. I feel like they put more thought into that design or it feels more like me or the I agree. Totally agree. I've done the same thing. And also too, like I've seen how, um, sometimes the eBooks they'll have different versions and then each version has its own cover. And then I sort of kind of gauge, sometimes I'll go for the latest version of course, but then sometimes I'm like, well, wait a minute, this one actually looks more like it resonates more. So I'll go for it just because it doesn't seem so stodgy or, or whatever. So um, especially the business books. I'm like, oh, this one, this one's good. I can deal with this one. But you're, like you said, you once you get into it, you don't look at the cover again, really. It's just on the outside. And some of them, when you open the book, you don't even ever see the cover. It goes no, straight to never, like yeah. the, the introduction page. <laughs> exactly. I do it with audiobooks too, though. So I, I pick it based on the outside. So, But especially if there's multiple versions. Oh, definitely. And I feel like with audiobooks, you do see it at least because the art shows up. Yeah. On I feel like I see it more than with an ebook. With an ebook, definitely. There's a yep. series. I don't know if you know this series. Um, it's called Rivers of London, and it's oh so good. Um, <laughs> a friend recommended it to me, and now I'm like a junkie. And they were supposed to release the latest book in July, and now they've of course like the day before it was supposed to come out, they pushed it to January. I hate it when they do that. Yeah. And you're like, I had it on the calendar. <laughs> and now ready. I know. Um, but one thing that's happened is they've done drastically different covers for it. And my fiance, who's a designer, we're both like, what is this design on this other <laughs> thing? It makes us feel like we're not reading something cool. And then the other design is so cool. Um, and it's, so, the, it's, it's part of the series, so it goes... It's like, I think it's the American version because it's a British book. And so you can buy the other version, which looks like very, we'll put this in the show notes so people aren't just sort of sitting here going, yeah. what, what are you talking about? Um, but it's like the difference between trade paperback kind of cover and then the original like lush, probably it looks like it's got a real rag on it, you know, the yeah. cover and it's. Um, because it's about this kind of weird underground world in London. Um, and it, there's one that's got a mood and the other one, it looks kind of like a cheap airport kind of thriller. Yeah. So what is the experience? Um, and again, since you've done trade versus regular paperback, like, do you ever have to reinterpret a book 
and redo the cover. I think we started to talk about this in certain contexts. Yeah. So I'm curious about like cover evolution. Well, it's interesting because, you know, when it comes to different trade publications, you know, they have a shelf life. So they've come out and sometimes, sometimes they, they keep selling, but then they also need to kind of revamp it or else they want it, they want to bring it back to life or they want to hit a different market. So they will, the publishers will go back in and they'll rethink the covers. I mean, I think you've seen the series like, um, like Alice in Wonderland and like all of those, Mm -hmm. they've all come back and they have these gorgeous covers. So now it's like, you know, people, even if they own the original, they might come out and buy all of this, this whole new set because they're beautiful and they're, they're actually little pieces of art now. It's not just a book. And I think, um, you know, when it comes to, um, sort of selling the paperback version of these, they do change. And it's sometimes it's based on, you know, just kind of feedback off of the original, but then sometimes it's just that they, they need to hit a different market for the next version. So it will be rethought and they'll, they'll sort of redo it. So it's just kind of like repackaging something so that they can keep, you know, making a profit. And they don't really rethink the in, the interior design, do no, they? No, not, not for all of them. Some of them they do, though. Some of them they'll repackage the whole thing. And I think that's really because um, they might be making it more of a, a gift item um, mm. as opposed to just a book, right? Um, but um, when it comes to the other versions, they usually don't. They usually keep it the same. They'll just repackage the outside. Yeah, so. we were kind of – we were uh, clued into this because – on a, our previous episode with Sam Potts, who is an interior book designer mm-hmm. for a long time, he's like, they don't redo it. So now uh, my fiance and I are sneaking around at bookstores, like, look at this <laughs> like beautiful cover. And then we look in and we're like, this looks really dated, this typesetting. And he's like, I don't like the way this is typeset, but he's a designer again. So he yeah. has stronger opinions than some. I do that. I'm, like, I'm one of those people that I go in and I'll you know, scan the, scan the, I'll scan the shelves for my books first. Mm. So I'll look to see if any of the ones that I've designed are out there. And if there are, I take pictures and then I'm like, Oh, look. um, that's the first thing I do. But then I start kind of touching and feeling everything and just seeing what's out there. It's <laughs> I so do that bad. too. Like, touching everyone's books. But I touch them and I, I see like which ones I pick up the ones that resonate and I always look to see who designed it. Um, just to see like what else they're working on because it's always great to see what other designers are doing. Um, but I, that's what I do. Um, it's just kind of how I peruse. And if I find something that just looks interesting, then I'll pick it up. But, um, and I'm like, where's who published it? Where is it public? You know, who, who designed it? That kind of thing. So, so I get it. Then you open it. If it's like, it's like a letdown. If you're like, Oh, this is a great cover. And then you like open it up and you're like, uh, womp, womp, this is not what I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Open. It's like real dense text and like, looks all you know and, and part of that too is because um you know a lot of publishing houses have they do have different cover designers and different interior designers so sometimes there is a little bit of a disconnect um between the two mm. and sometimes it's because it's being mass produced so if it is a trade novel this or that they actually have a format so i've worked in that as well where i'll get a jacket cover format where everything is pretty much on there and you can, you have this much space to do something on. So we, even we get, you know, these limitations too, when it comes to design. How much control do you have? Like when you say you go around and touch all the books, which I absolutely do too. Um, 
and like the revolution of the soft touch mm-hmm. feeling on the cover, and you're like, ooh, it's good. Yeah. How much <laughs> are you able to dictate what the the type of stock is or what the cover is going to be printed on? Oh, sure. Well, the the cool thing is I've been doing this for so long, and I have editors that I generally work with a lot. So we collaborate on that, and that's why I love doing books. So, um, you know, when we do a cover, if it looks like a texture would be good, then we'll talk about that, and then we'll figure out how to get that done. I don't normally have to do all that set to- like type of production work, but they do have their printers who will they'll say, you know, we really think that we would like, you know, this here, this here, we want it to be a three-piece cover, whatever you want. It and, and then they will send samples so that we can see how it's going to feel and how it's going to look when it's all put together. So that's the, that is the fun part. Like, it really is about seeing how um, those things come together. And sometimes it's just the smallest little touch that makes a book. Like, I had a book that I did once that um, – this was a while ago and it was like the case of the book was black and I decided to put this um, sort of like this big filigree on it, but we didn't print it. So we just decided to put like a a spot varnish on it. Mm. And so it literally, it was just like matte and then the spot varnish, but it just, it was beautiful. But we, I mean, not that it was ground breaking, but at the time that was something that we just didn't do. So like you usually varnished something that was had a color or had a this or you know what I mean? Like you to make it whatever. But so it was interesting because no one was sure exactly how it was going to look. But when it came back, everyone's like, this is awesome. You know, just because it was so subtle, but, and I've done it too, like on edging, like on, um, book jackets and it just adds this extra little touch to it. Makes it a little more special. Yeah. But I get to help. I get to, I get to come up with the, you know, I can make any suggestions I want. And then the publisher, usually it's up to them what their budget is and what the printer and how much time they have. So, so yeah. Nice. And then how is it different doing, say, I mean, I can think of those kind of paperback books and you're like, ooh, it's so good. Mm -hmm. But then how does that differ? Like, are there different conventions or a different process for the cookbook world? Well, you know, the cookbooks now, I mean, a lot of them are like hard, they're hardcover, obviously, and most of them are. And then, um, you know, it's just, it is a little different because you can do more if it's hardcover. Like if it's a, if it's a paperback, you're limited, you're limited because of the paper stock. It's not as um, thick. It it can't hold certain, you know, different processes, different finishings. Um, So with the cookbooks and the hardcover books, you just have a lot more options to go ahead and do different textures and they can put it together a little differently. They'll do like what they call paper overboard where that looks like a regular book, um, you know, like a book cover, mm-hmm. but then there's also like, there's um, where it's like two boards where it is covered with paper, but it's not wrapped. So it has a different feel to it so that they can, there's just a lot more. Um, you can, you can experiment a lot more if it's more of a hardcover book as opposed to a paperback. Definitely. Yeah. So I'm also curious about trends you're seeing in book covers, because I feel like from the outside, I can see, like, I feel like covers right now in paperback, it's very typography interesting. Mm -hmm. And then in the cookbook and sort of design book world, it feels like there's like a desaturated look that's, that's popular. But I'm curious, like, what you see from the inside, if we look back 
on this period of time, what would you think would be the sort of signature style? Well, I think the biggest thing that's changed is, I mean, if you've noticed, there really aren't many book jackets anymore. Mm. Um, a lot of like book jackets have gone away. Um, you might get that with trade publication, like the initial trade book um, that might have a jacket, like a, like a real jacket to it with the flaps and, mm-hmm. you know, but um, when it comes to, you know, so that, that I guess hasn't changed, but, but I do feel like even though sometimes you're, they're, they're just doing away with the, with the jacket. And a lot of that it has to do with just probably keeping costs down. Um, even when it comes to selling the books, I know we used to always put together these pretty intense, like sales blads and they still do, um, for some of their higher selling, like their higher quality books, like different publishers, but even the sales blads have gone away. Um, I think it's just to save on money partially just to keep the prices down since everyone thought, you know, print was dead. So, (laughs) um, which is totally, I don't think I love print. Print. So I love paper and I love magazines and I'll never stop buying those. But I do think the biggest thing, though, is just the jacket is gone. So it lends a lot of um, there's you'll see a lot of cookbooks, a lot of um, just other types of books that just have these cool covers. Like it's like case, it's more of a case rather than a jacket anymore. Um, so that you can do a lot more with that. Like I said too, like even finishes on a jacket mm. aren't aren't as, um, you can do stuff, but like you can do way more on a case because it's harder and it has more substance to it and they can wrap them now with anything. So like you said, there's soft touch. So now there's like all these different papers and, um, different, um, sort of textures now that are available, which kind of gives, you know, these even paperbacks, the ooh and ah factor. But I also do think, like you said, um, typography is a lot bigger, especially in trade, books um I think part of it is just because photography has gotten so expensive like it it was for a while there like I know like Getty and there there used to be a ton of them and they cost so much money and I think it was I think it's partially due to just trying to keep the pricings down you know when it comes to the production of these so they're not spending as much money to make them um so even though the prices aren't changing at least they're they're probably making more money um per book title than, than they were before because they were putting so much more money into them um especially for cover art cover art costs more than interior art so and it, if you're using a full cover like you know that covers the whole front that costs even more and then you have to worry about how many times it's reprinted you have to pay again so oh, i didn't those even think of that yeah so those those fees actually they they really add up so um i think that's probably why people are getting more creative with their own photos. Um, they're getting creative with um, maybe custom photos, um, and even stuff like like I don't want to call it clip art, but like maybe people are just kind of using more creativity, really, and just trying to push the bounds of design, which is awesome. Um, I think because it makes them more interesting. Yeah, it makes me think of like. Uh, maybe I don't know an iconic example to me is like the cover of me before you Jojo Moyes is Mm -hmm. all about the type and now that font is like her font yeah yeah and it's that and that's what that's what tends to happen I mean you know once something you know kind of resonates that well with you know the the book the, the title the person the author 
um, it just kind of follows them. And then it, it lends to like this cohesive look, which is pretty cool too. So I just did a, I just did a series, um, for um, a woman named Cher Kaufman, she, you know, the cook or the um, coloring books are really yes big right now, and it was very similar. Like we started with a, the first version. She does mandalas, mm. and um, I mean, it's just blown up. We've done three, four, five, like six books, I think. Wow. Just in, in, but like the first series, they all have the same typefaces. They all have the same sort of look and feel just a different topic for each one one is like learning how to draw them one is um you know meditative and one is more um like celtic so it's interesting but but even that is the same thing so it like really makes the series cohesive and then you can see i mean i think like you were talking about the go back and repackage and revisit like i was in powell's this weekend and I saw out in the front, there was a Jojo Moyes. And I was like, didn't she just write a book? And I picked it up and it's from 2002, girl. But yeah, they're yeah. going back and resending They're going it. back. And, and I think we touched on this too um, when we talked before, which is like, you know, there's also just repackaging for different price markets, mm -hmm. like price points too. It, it's very, like the book industry is very similar to the clothing industry. Like if you go to um, the Gap outlet, those clothes that are at the Gap Outlet are made for the Gap Outlet. Those clothes you will not find at Gap Store. So it's a lower quality price point. It's the same company. They're selling it as Gap. They're selling it at a lower, you know, lower fee. But it's not even like I, because I, and I only found this out because I have friends that are in the industry, and I'm like, you know, I went to the Loft and I found this shirt, and then I went to the outlet store and they totally didn't have it. I go, but they had the same shirt in this different color. And they're like, yes, they, they're like, that's what they do. That you're not going to find what you want at the outlet store. And I'm like, that totally sucks because, but, but then again, it didn't because I, I still like the shirt. I like the style and the color actually looks better on me. So I, I was happy with that purchase, but with books, it's very similar. So Sometimes they'll have a book um, that, that sells really well. It's a higher price point coffee table book. And then you go into Barnes & Noble and you'll see they have the bargain discount area. And all of them, if you look at them, their covers are not that great. Mm. And it's just because what they've done is they'll repackage some of them. and they But they repackage them just so that they hit a different price point and a different market. So the person that might necessarily, not necessarily buy a, you know, $60 book about horses might buy a, you know, 1999 version about horses. So the interior might be the same, but then the cover is just a lower price point. So it doesn't look as fancy as the other one. Um, so they'll do that too. So it's, it's just to kind of repackage and resell. Like they have to get, you know, they have to hit different markets with this stuff and people are interested in it. It's just price point. So they're targeting you. Of course, yeah, then exactly. if you're very creative, you could make your own book jacket if you want that $60 horse book. Yeah. Then you could go get the then 1995 could... version and then you could yeah. come home and you could make your own book jacket. And there then... you go. You just take the jacket off. You yeah, know? just forget just the jacket. Just forget the jacket. It probably just has like a, a blank cover case anyway. And people will think, what is this? It looks like a photography book. And be like, you know what? It is of horses. Just <laughs> <laughs> ditch the bad cover, but it, but I have been asked to like, 
like, simplify something or um, just use something that's not as designed, we'll say, like mm-hmm. just so that it does, it, it doesn't, um, it doesn't overwhelm the person who's the people that are looking at it. it doesn't make it seem too high end for them. Like it's just kind of, it hits the mark, it's something they like. It's a good gift book. It's price, right price point, that kind of thing. That's so they amazing. Yeah. I mean, it does, I mean, it has, that to me is an evolution and maybe you know more because I think originally the point of a sale was that you got the full price thing and that they discounted it. Like you used to go to outlets and it would be yeah. like, well, we didn't sell all these jeans, so we're going to put them over here. We're going to put them over here. And then I think people got so into the outlet, that was when they started making stuff That's when for they started, outlets. Yeah, because they realized they could and they could also use less quality uh, materials to do that so mm-hmm. they can just basically and they're reusing a lot of their shapes and their but they're just they're using different fabrics and things like that so yeah I mean I, I don't know if books necessarily go that far um, but I do know the covers will change it'll they'll try to re, just like you said like sometimes the interior will just be it's not that's not redone um, but the covers will be for sure especially if it has a cover like a full jacket so you know, and then, but then some of them that are being recreated from scratch, like, you know, they, they, they're trying to make them into, you know, collectibles, which that makes sense too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, cause you could buy the Harry Potter series in paperback, but then you could also buy it in this, like, you know, practically like a wooden box with a lock on yeah. it, or <laughs> you know, or whatever. So they hit, they, they, it's the same exact stuff. It's just hitting different markets. It's also amazing to see covers in different um, regions because, again, I was just in Powell's for like five hours this past weekend. Um, And they had Harry Potter from, oh, where was it? I feel like it was like Lithuania or somewhere like that. Had the most incredible cover art. I I have Harry Potter in different languages because it's good to read in different languages because it's not too advanced. And Mm -hmm. I didn't get that one because it was like $50 because it was imported. And I was yeah. like, I'm probably not going to learn Lithuanian or whatever language it was. But I was like, the cover art is so good. Yeah, they do. And that's that's like, like even that, um, I, I'm probably going to get it wrong. But the, was it the Dragon Grill series? I think I have, I might have it somewhere. Like, what was it? The, um, I think it was, it's going to drive me nuts. What was it? Like, it was like a dragon, I don't know. I think it might have been from like Sweden or something like that. Mm. That that series, the covers from the original covers were amazing. Mm. And then but the, the, our covers, they no, it was I think it was our covers, the U.S. covers, because they had to redo them for the U.S. And it was like it was. I think that's how it was. Our covers were so cool, and I think that's even why I bought the series to begin with. And like they just they looked really good, and that's what they, they really try to hit the different markets like it wasn't really a book that we would necessarily read and so by changing the cover like that to to attract us it did so it's neat it is neat to see like um all different um languages and even the the books i just mentioned um i think she has they've even the coloring books they've all been translated into different languages so they they haven't changed the covers yet but it's interesting to see like how that then translates into other, you know, for other countries and things like that. So 
Yeah. They have the opportunity. If they can resell the rights. Oh, yeah. All these, I mean, there's opportunities there um, for them to, you know, expand their markets, which, you know, people are still going to buy books. So I think so. They oh, might I give think them so, away too. When they're done with them, but they're still going to buy them. Yeah, it's a totally different experience with a physical book. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. I mean, I like my highlighters. And, and, <laughs> and <then laughs> I, I'm one of those people with highlighters and, and sticky notes. And my husband's like, I'm like, I want to read. And he's like, you're bringing, like, office supplies with you. <laughs> I'm like, this is how I read. This is how I have to do it. So You're an active reader. Yeah, like, leave me alone. I won't remember this tomorrow. So Oh, no, completely. Yeah. So I'm curious, like, how is your process when you're going to do a project? Like, how do you start? Like if you can oh. walk us through beginning to end, I mean, I know it's different depending on the type of book. Mm-hmm. Well, usually with all of them, we definitely start with a cover. The covers come out usually like, uh, how, I would say a good six months before the actual book is designed. Um, some of them, it's a little less time depending on how fast they're turning them around. Um, but, um, definitely I always ask for the manuscript or whatever description they have on them so that I can actually read up on it. I know what's going to happen. I might not read the full manuscript, but I get the gist of what's going on. And then from there, I usually talk to the editor and the editor and I will talk about like what's kind of comparable to that title. um, Why we want this to be a little bit different. Um, We'll talk about just what her favorite cover art pieces are and what mine are. And then from all of that, I'll just take it and then I kind of do my own research and I try, I try not to look at, um, us titles anymore. Mm. I try to go straight to like the UK and I just try to look for just other, what other people are doing, just not in our, like in, necessarily like right here so that I can just kind of see like the overall aesthetic that's going on. And, um, so I usually give, about three different cover options and then we just go from there um it'll be something that she and I had talked about something that kind of matches her vision something that matches sort of my vision and then usually there's one in there that's just like you know it just kind of happens (laughs) in the process because I might give her three but I might actually do you know, eight or it could be 10 or it could be where I just give her one and that's it, you know, and I'm like, this is it, you know, <laughs> this is it. and then she's like, this is it, but I don't know that. <laughs> this is it, you know, like, so it, it really depends, but that's kind of, that's kind of the general process, but I really like when it comes to typography and color choices and things like that, it really is determined by what the photo is if we're using a photo and if it's, purely typographic, I might do more samples depending on like what we're going for. Um, because sometimes the typographic ones, they take longer to do. Um, and it's really getting the right tone. So uh, I try to figure out like who the market is, who we're trying to hit. Like I said, she'll give me some research that they've already figured out that's comparable to that title and just kind of Make it fit within that, but then take it up a notch so that it's not the same as the rest of them. So that's kind of where it goes. We usually do probably like two revisions, and then um, it kind of goes in the vault for like six months, you know, until we do the interior. So I'm lucky that I get to do both cover and interior design. Um, 
but then sometimes we have to revisit it. You know, sometimes Amazon will tell them we don't like it. Oh boy. So Amazon will, you know, they'll come back and say, you have to do this, 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 or this. Mm-hmm. And so we do like we will, because those are, they, they, they kind of got them by the balls on that one. You know, like <laughs> they have to do it. Like, if they don't, it's not going to go there. And sometimes it's even happened where we've changed things and then Amazon's like, we've not Amazon, but Barnes Noble, like whatever, they'll, they'll, they'll say, we're not going to take it. Like even after we've changed it to match mm-hmm. with at the last minute, they'll pull out. So, you know, I mean, it's, you know, for the most part that doesn't happen a lot, but then some of them it does. And like some of them too, like, especially if they're trying to hit like QVC or, or these like different like Costco markets, like um, we'll have to design it a certain way. So even though we might like it at a certain level, since they are only doing one at the time, we have to kind of conform to what's going to sell for whatever media, like whatever media channel it's going to be sold on. Yeah. So there's limitations in there. So we get excited about some things and we're like, ah, we have to change the photo. You know, like that sucks. Mm. They like this one. Wow. That stinks. You know, but <laughs> like the title, like there's been times that they didn't like the title and you know, so it's, it, but it is, they, you know, not all of them have, that's not, it doesn't happen with all of them, but sometimes it does. That's amazing that they have that level of control or influence. Oh, they do. They do. Yeah. Wow. Otherwise like, where they're like, that's a, you know, a big order for them. So they really try to, they really try to accommodate so that they get, you know, shelf space and all that good stuff. That's crazy. So there's more to it than I even know, you know, like, like the, even when the editors come back, they're like, look, this is what we, this is what everybody wants, but Barnes and Noble doesn't want this. So mm. yeah. So it's interesting. How much input does the author have when going through a publisher? Because you're dealing with the editor. Do you? Do you... I'm dealing with the editor. Yeah. Well, the editor is like the gatekeeper. You know, like they kind of <laughs> keep they kind of keep me protected because I mean there have been times when I am involved with the author and that can get a little tricky um, because the author will bypass the editor and say, well, can I have this or that? And it's like, sometimes I just don't respond. I'll just forward the the message to whoever I'm working with and be like, look, I don't, I don't think I should be answering this. You know? Right. <laughs> it's not up to me. So, I, but, but for the most part, the editor is in between the two, the author now, like it depends on the author as to how much um, clout they have. And, with the cover some of them are very involved and I don't get that it'll be between the editor and the author god um, but sometimes it's like you know I don't care what the author wants this is what we're <laughs> yeah because we're trying to sell their book and we know how to sell the book yeah yeah so and like but if we put their picture on it nobody's gonna know who they are you know that kind of thing so right yeah but I, I'm I'm very grateful for the barrier there because I could see it um, snowballing quickly. <laughs> Do you ever work directly with authors who want a cover or a design done for their book or do you only work through publishers? Yeah, no, I do. I, I do work with individuals as well. So that's a totally different process because I can actually guide it. So it's, it, it works out well. Um, so I don't, I don't only go through publishers. That's where I get my bigger books from, but I've right. been working, I've been working with, um, 
individual authors um, probably for the last year, just on smaller scale projects. And so it's nice because I can kind of help guide them. And um, it's working out. It's working out well. So so what market, yeah, what market is that? Is that more the self-published market or? Yeah, it's a mix right now. So it's more self-publishing. Like I did one, um, an ebook cover for a friend of mine, and that was fun. It's fun to see it on Amazon as that's what that is. You know, like right. it's, not, it's not pretending to be something else. It is what it is, and it's cool. Um, but so some of them are going that route, and I'll just do cover for them, and then they take it and they do whatever they need. But then there are other people who – so actually, like a lot of people, you know, there's a lot of nutritionists out there now and um, everyone has, you know, a book in them. So I'll work with them and help them how, like figure out how to do the interior so that maybe I'm not doing the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like a, it's a it's a it's a balance since I know how to do it. It's um, just trying to even find how to make that work, that whole process, you know, just so I'm not because I know how much time goes into it. So. It's like really prepping them as to, okay, then you have to have all this stuff. You know, do you have your images? Do you, are they the right size? You have to check all this stuff. And, um, but for, you know, covers and stuff like that, like it's still the same process really, just talking to them about what they want and then I'll show them things that, you know, we could um, emulate. And, and, and sometimes I do things for just publishers that are um, – they're packagers. So mm. it's like, we'll package the whole thing and then they're responsible for actually selling it. So to a publisher. So, oh, got it. So you're sort of doing yeah. it at the beginning of the process instead of yeah. at the end. Yeah. So it's an interesting, there's, yeah. there's all sorts of different ways to work with people. So, um, I'm just still trying to figure it all out. I've even wow. done a few projects where, um, I've packaged them myself. So I've actually dealt with the printer overseas in China and had them designed and developed and then, shipped here so there and that's self-publishing but a different level so it's right. not digital it's going like hardcore project or product you know here it is and then they have to ship it and that kind of stuff so is that, like, there's so many different levels is that more a um photography or cookbook type book or was that a novel as well so one of them one of them was a small project it was or, or a um, gift item mm. so it was a deck of cards and so it was a deck of car like um like it's called feel the love and it's a deck of um positive affirmations kind of like that you can pull and, and then each day and then it has a slot where you can put the picture like set it on your desk and you can slide the card in and see wow. that affirmation affirmation every day, like on your oh, desk. Cool. So it's pretty cool. So that's a product, but it goes through the same sort of process. Mm-hmm. And then the second, the second one that went through that was um, a planner, like a daily planner, like a Got business. Planner. So, cool. um, so that, and it was a proprietary piece. So it's not going to be on Amazon or anything like that. So it's privately published, printed, and then shipped here, and then he will distribute amongst his um, tribe, so to speak. His so, people. Yeah. Nice. So you have to be in to get one of those. But so, but yeah, so that's like the bigger, that's like the next level. It's like digital publishing, full digital, and then, and there's also even a, another level, right? So you've got digital publishing where you just need the cover, and then they deal with the text. But then there's also digital publishing where you can still publish through Amazon, so you can have, right. a, you know, it can be print on demand. So I've I've set that type of thing up too with individuals, and we do the same thing. We work on the cover together and the interior. We figure out what they need, and and then I just set it up to be 
printed through Amazon or something like that. Awesome. Yeah, lots so, of stuff. Um, this is a question that maybe I was like, maybe I should ask this at the beginning, but I, I like it once we've gone through the whole conversation. Sure. How did you get into working with book design in the first place? Like, what was your background that got you to this point? Right. Well, I had gone to college in um, Ohio at Kent State University, graduated with a visual communication design degree, and then I came out here to New York. So I had a job there after I graduated, but then I came out here. Um, my cousin, she was an art director um, here in the city, and uh, since I was, you know, I got in at the low level, and I worked at an ad agency to begin with, and it was more or less with um, uh, all of the uh, the art museums. So mm. it was a cultural sort of ad agency, which was awesome because, like, I had to do like, you know, ads that went in the New York Times. I mean, oh, back then cool. it was like, you know, a full page ad for Van Gogh. Like, who gets to do that? Like, that was cool. I got to do like full exhibits for like um, the Philadelphia Museum of Art and like. Like, all these different uh, cool stuff. I mean, and the, the artwork was so beautiful. I mean, we had, like, special retouchers to make sure that, like, the color was perfect. And, mm. I mean, that was that was pretty awesome. But then after that, um, my cousin had left, and she used to be in the magazine world, and she ended up at, at Artisan, the publisher there. And um, I interviewed there. I interviewed there between her and other people, and then I also interviewed a few other places. But I was like, you know what? books like this is interesting it's a totally different thing it's not like an ad or you know this is a book like this is pretty cool so that's when I that I never I never laid a book out before in my life so I pretty much learned it all there and that was it like that was 16 years ago yeah, Amazing. 17 years ago. yeah so it was and and after that like once I went freelance I just kept in touch with the publishers and they wow. use a lot of, they use freelance. So I just kept doing it. I love it. It's great. I mean, it's, I love it because each project is different and each, each book has a totally different look and feel and vibe and it lets me be creative. Um, because you, I mean, you don't get that. Like if it's like some, you know, the same thing every day, like at least these are, they all have their own personality, which is cool. That's awesome. Yeah. And then, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm so happy that, you know, we had that whole print is dead ridiculousness. And now, you know, I don't think no, that's happening. I don't think so. I don't think Not so at all. either. I always Not want to browse. If you, if you could see, if you could see what's around me and what's ever in my office and yeah, no, I, I'm probably keeping the print industry alive. <laughs> I think, I, no, it's, it's, ha we're, uh, we're holding it up from both coasts because yeah. over here we're a bunch of hoarders. Yeah, um, I love it. I love books. I love, like I said, I love magazines, you know, it's just, I love it. I love yeah. It. I think the analog love is still, is still going strong. And yes. so my last question um, is, what are you reading now? I always want to know what people are reading. Oh, if you're reading I with reading? highlighters and pencils, and oh, I want to know what gosh. you're reading. <laughs> what am I reading? Well, I am reading a book right now called Fascinate by Sally Hogshead. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that's her name. But it, I'm loving that. Like, it's really about, like, making your brand um, fascinating and mm. desirable. And I think that that's pretty cool. I deal with a lot of brands, so and like small brands and individual people, and like helping them build their brands. So that's been great to read. Um, and then I am reading. Um, there's one more book. 
Michael Hyatt's new book. Um, and I can't remember the name of it, which is funny because that one's by my bed. So I usually fall asleep. <laughs> <laughs> but it is about like, it's about like making your plan. Mm. Like the big plan, like, like mapping out your life plan. Oh, so, I love that kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. And, but it, it is in depth. Like you have to think about the, the different pieces. So I think that's probably why I fall asleep. Like, <laughs> I, I'm like, this is, this is too much to think about. And then I go to sleep, but but it, it, but I keep, you know, how they say like things keep popping up. Like there's been different things that have kind of referenced back to that. So I'm like, I know that it's the right thing to keep reading. Nice. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna check both of those out. That's cool. We'll put them in the show notes too, so people can find them. Perfect. Yeah. So thank you so much for coming on. This was fascinating. I always <laughs> learn things that I don't know before or that weren't what I expected. Like I think my most shocking point today was the Getty image photo oh, yeah. cover demise because of how expensive the photos are now they have now they own like um i think they own iStock. they own everything yeah. now so they they cover everything so yeah. now you can find and, and and the other trick too is like if you go to i if you go to getty and you see something you like you're better off trying to go and search for the same thing over at iStock because you might find the outtakes that are oh. all, they're, they're the same shoot it's the same shoot but it's not the best version of, you know what I mean? So if you can get away with maybe not the best version, like if you just need a smaller one that has all those pieces, right. you can get it then from iStock. Nice. Hot tip. Hot <laughs> tip. Well, yeah, thanks so much for having me. Of course. Thank you. And, you know, we'll, we'll have you back to talk about trends and covers and other such fun. I'd love it. Awesome. Thanks again to Muse Monthly for sponsoring the show. I found them because I was a subscriber, so I definitely encourage you all to check them out. They focus on contemporary adult fiction with a, an emphasis on literary fiction from debut writers, so it's a wonderful way to find a new book um, because I know everybody loves to read. So check them out, musemonthly.com, and remember the code is SECRET00, all one word, all caps, to get 10% off your subscription. Thank you for listening to the Secret Library Podcast. The show is produced by me, Caroline Donahue, and Frederick Barry McWilliams Jr., my tireless audio engineer. To get show notes for this episode and all other episodes, please visit secretlibrarypodcast.com. To get updates, literary love, and notification when new episodes are posted, sign up there for Footnotes, my newsletter. And to learn about life coaching with me to work on building your writing life, visit carolinedonahue.com. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend. Gold stars to everybody who leaves a rating and review on iTunes. We're so grateful. Until next time, happy reading.